0: Thank you, Jean, for doing this. Hope you're well and healthy. Please let the listeners know who you are and what do you do.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Jane Wu, um, and I'm the co-founder of Q Factory. Uh, we make the collapsible, reusable water bottle, the Q Bottle, um, as you may see on uh, social media um so uh we started the business with i started the business with my husband so it's us two um and before this uh company we were actually already working uh, together on other projects and uh, startups so we were um in this uh we were sort of in the live entertainment and the music industry we we're working on the startup it's a website kind of similar to a uh, subhub where um, music fans uh, people uh, people can connect and um, sell and buy tickets. Um, we were trying because w- we we just thought the start uh, subhub is way too for scalp um, ticket sellers, and we wanted to have some service that's for actual fans. you know if say if you can make for events, you can um, find a different person to to sell tickets to with really really low cost um but during that time uh you know obviously we had to travel a lot and we went to a lot of uh, live events and music festivals um and that's the place that water is always like number one important um but um you, you would just have to buy the bottle there like you have to buy the water there and it's overpriced it's really expensive and after the festival all you see is empty bottles everywhere and we're like, okay, you know, all those festivals are so beautiful. Um, they're usually at parks and and like huge venues, and you had such a good time. But then after after that, you see the the ugly, you know, um, aftermath. And then you're like, oh, okay, like we we why why can't we just bring our own water bottles? So then we don't have to buy and spend a bunch of money on the water, and and we won't create so much waste and um after the the festival. So. Um, that, that was like when we start to look for a product like two bottle. But um, obviously, like many uh, stories from the founders, that we we weren't able to find anything we like. Um, the reasons were, you know, uh, being uh, reusable water bottle is not new. Like there there's so many bottles out there, right? Probably everybody has a water bottle, um, but they're not meant for really, you know. To bring with um, anywhere, like you, you won't wanna bring your really uh, giant, you know, uh, giant, but durable, uh, insulated um, bottle to to a music festival. One thing is they they might not want, they they might not let you bring it in. Um, but also, you don't want to have like an extra item um, where you want to like, you know, be lightweight and and um, have fun. So, and another thing is. Um, uh there are some other alternatives they're more like a little flask like you you know those little like paper plastic thing you you kind of you roll it up and you 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 refill it and and you drink out of it It, it, it's kind of like iv bags um sort of um it's not really reusable you wouldn't really use it over and over and again and it's not easy to use it's quite messy and it's impossible to clean and it's ugly um It doesn't fit in anywhere um at, at a you know festival like Coachella where everybody's fashionista like you, you know <laughs> you, you can't you can't you know I I don't I would never want to use that um so then we want to make something that can uh, do it all it looks good it's easy to use it's environmentally friendly it's lightweight it's blah 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 like it, it can be all that so then uh, we were just like thinking about oh how 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 we should make that so we first, first off, we um, we need to decide on the material. because the material really would um, make you know would decide like the whole direction of the product because do you want to make it soft? do you want to make it hard? Um, to because we want it to be um, compact and packable, And portable, so it needs to be flexible, right? Um, If you use stainless steel, for example, or any kind of metal, it will be hard to be small and lightweight, and you know, unflexible. And we don't, we know, we do not want to use any plastic. That's just number one thing. Uh, We do not want to make any more plastic-related things. Um, Doesn't matter if uh, reusable or not, Um, just because that industry is just. even if you you're, you're 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 making reusable ones, it's you know it's still part of the industry, um, and it's petroleum based. So, um, so then we know that, and we just uh, thought that silicon is the perfect thing for this. Um, so then, and and, um, and from there, um, we just you know we figure out how we want it look, uh, what what we want it to do. Um, and slowly over iterations and changes and then eventually um we you know came up with the the design that we have right now um and i think what is really uh for me personally special about this product is the spiral look and design to it um it's just it's so different and right away when we first saw the the, the first sample, the, the prototype, um, we're like, oh wow, this is cool. So um, so then that, that was you know almost four years ago now. Um, and from there, we launched a Kickstarter campaign as many companies do because that's really a great place to A, um, get your first um, feedback and response from the market because you don't, you know, test the water sort of um, without going to like an actual official, but to like a mass audience um, and customers. So, um, so we did that and we were the most backed water bottle in, it, it keeps our history, um, at the time. Um, so
0: what was that, that, was that final successful. amount raised?
1: Um, I saw, I think it was a little over 600,000. Yeah. Some, somewhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think it, we got like, uh, 13,000 uh, backers or something like that. So 13,000 people um, have pledged for the project. So, um, so that was really exciting for us because we we had no idea. Like we thought. How'd you fulfill that? that? <laughs> uh, it was, it was it was a nightmare. Like it was crazy <laughs> because what happened was <laughs> we wanted to catch the the holiday um, rush, so we told people. it it can we can deliver um before christmas um and that was way too ambitious (laughs) but we want you know even though for kickstarter you're you know you people delay all the time you're not obligated to uh you know meet your promise but we we want to because we told people okay you know and a lot of people did buy this for um Christmas presents so we would we, we want to do you know we we want to try our best to deliver everything before that so um so we hire so we hired a third party logistics company you have to right like you have thirteen thousand orders that you have to deliver over like in the course of a month or two um with just two people <laughs> like you know real nice people you're you, you just gonna have to um either hire somebody or, or um, yeah, we'll find somebody else to do it. So we we and and um, we that includes international orders too, um, meaning people in all over in Europe, in Asia, Africa, um, Australia. Um, so that you know we we just we have, and we at that point we had no idea how shipping works. Like we I've never really gone to the post office. <laughs> like I, I don't have a FedEx. account, like we have, have no idea. So. Um, so you know, but, uh, but luckily that's why um, I, I I highly recommend the Kickstarter um, community because um, within that community there's so many resources. So luckily, if you're on there, um, some companies will approach you. You will get emails and saying, "Hey, you know, we got we saw you got so many orders. You want us to help you with building." Is that us? how and you saw,
0: is Is that how you decided on your third party logistics partner?
1: Yeah. So. First, uh, you know, first, first of all, we use um, a company called BackRick, uh, BackRick Kit. So yeah. what they do is they help you to consolidate all your orders. Also, Kickstarter, because Kickstarter, they only give you spreadsheets. <laughs> That's it. It's not interactive. You know, it, it, it's not really workable, but uh, BackRick Kit kind of uh, consolidate that and make it interactive so people can, like, confirm their order, put their shipping address, make changes to it, um, and um, you can you can select things by the SKU, so it it will be much easier for you to fulfill. Um, and um, they sort of had their own community, and they recommended some some uh, logistic company to us um, that can handle both the U.S. and the uh, international uh, orders. And they're based in Hong Kong, so they can ship um all our international orders out of hong kong which is which is nice because our products are manufactured in china so um and and that's that just makes it much easier
0: how'd um, you find your manufacturer
1: so, so you know all right so um that's that's a that's a tricky question because but that's that's you know i i think that's the first question like as, um, as, as much as we like to um it is you know <laughs> rather difficult to manufacture anything in the usa and we, we try to do so but it's difficult like
0: manufacturing anything period in my opinion <laughs> us or not keep going
1: <laughs> <laughs> well um you know for certain things sure right for example the pharmaceutical industry like that's dominant the u.s is so dominant in that but things like house household goods or um miscellaneous consumer goods like it's, it's, it's just not <laughs> um, possible so in china for especially for silicone products i would say like over 90 percent of all silicone products are manufactured in china so you're gonna guarantee you're gonna get the best um quality and pr- lowest pricing and uh, uh, the best technical support um if you go to china um so um so we know that and luckily you know we're chinese i was born raised in china i speak fluent uh what part? um so that ha- uh for, i'm from the north so it's the city called harbin um, I don't know if people know that, but you know. Not I've Beijing been to. Or
0: Shanghai. I've, <laughs> been to Shanghai. I've been to Shanghai and um, neighboring, but very nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, how yeah. did you? How did you promote? How did you promote the Kickstarter?
1: Um. Okay. So uh, I made the entire <laughs> Kickstarter page. Um, I rolled all the. Captions and descriptions, and I, I, um, and we took the pictures and the videos. Like mm. everything was done in house. Love that. <laughs> even though it looks like, oh, I yeah, even though people people would ask, oh, what marketing company do you find to do and I'm like, oh, I hey, I I didn't know any marketing companies, <laughs> and B, didn't have money for that. So I I just simply look at maybe like 50 other campaigns. And see what other people did, and I just, you know, do do the similar thing. I mean, honestly, like that's just the best way to um to to put together um uh, so in in a short amount of time. Um, so yeah, we and um a lot of the so that's again that's why I want to stress Kickstarter is great because it it actually has its own like huge amount of traffic. So if you launch on there. Um, and you do it in, in a, a smart way, like the correct way, um, you're going to get a lot of traffic right away. And if, if people like your project and you get back and they would push you more forward and you'll get more traffic. So it's kind of like a self Boosting system. uh some, all, all the websites do that now, right like instagram like the higher engagement post will get more people to see so um similar that way so at the first maybe like a week it was just all organic traffic we did not like you know my facebook has you know 150 friends <laughs> like I, I can't promote it anywhere uh, myself so it's just all organic and after a week or so some marketing company um, approach to us and, um, you know, offer to help. So we did some uh, paid social media, uh, paid social ads after the first, um, I would say after the first two weeks. Because the whole campaign is about four weeks. So, uh, yeah, yeah. What Facebook. were the first
0: audiences that you guys found success with and what type of targeting were you doing?
1: Um, so actually my husband did most of the marketing. So I only know, like, you know, the, the rough, like the very uh, general kind of thing. Um, but obviously, um, you, you you look at your product and you see, oh, who would be the people that, that, that would buy these kind of products? So um, we tried outdoors. Um, we tried um, people that like certain brands, like, for example, people like uh, REI or people like, um, Whole Foods or, you know, that type of the, the lifestyle kind of demographics that we get, and under the age, obviously, age um, from 18 to uh, 49. Um, but actually, later later on, we found out that uh, people from uh, 55 to 65, we also get a lot of customers from 55 to 65. Um, that makes a lot of sense now because those people pay to carry yes um, <laughs> power, but, uh, yeah but also they you know they they, they they cannot they they're not capable of carrying just one more thing so um, understood. yeah so yeah so we did that and we did really really broad audience i think the first um at, at the, the the testing stage of anything you need to make it broad that's the only way for you to see um which specific? because some of my work some might not so you you have to make it broad so you can pick out the ones that that work better than others um so and over time you, I, you know you 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 have i think for for any new parts in your campaigns you need to give it at least I think mean, at least a, a month a full month or two to to see like really who are responding well to these if you test something for a week and you're like you didn't make any money and you say, Oh, this doesn't work. I mean, that's not necessarily true. Um you, you just have to like give it a time. Um and now you have to give machine time to learn too because um Facebook and algorithms, um they they're they're, they're working on their algorithms um to, to make it better too to know people better and show it to the right people. Um, but yeah social media was definitely uh a, a, the, the key here um and we what happened was we also gone viral a little bit so our video of the bottle clocking um, and you know all the feature little clips uh got shared by um like a lot uh, lots of the, the virus have like uh, unilab or like laughing squid or lo- those those little accounts that people follow for for memes for funny videos uh, so we got shared I think overall we got maybe about 50 million views or something like that. So that that was That's insane. Also another, yeah. 50 million yeah. views
0: on what? On
1: oh, Facebook. Yeah. On Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very nice. So yeah. what are you what are you doing now? You're off of Kickstarter, you're on your own.com. Looks like you're on Amazon. You're in brick and mortar mm-hmm. stores also. Maybe yeah. talk a little bit about like how did you leave Kickstarter post fulfillment? What did you do? How did you start essentially mm-hmm. redirecting traffic to your .com yeah. and you know mm-hmm. how did you build out your brand?
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm glad that you um, brought it up because um, that that that's also another thing I wanted to say um, is um, Kickstarter is a good start, but it's just kickstart. Um, it doesn't make anybody a brand um it doesn't make anybody a business sustainable business or a real company so you have to know how to what what to do after after that um and um that's actually what i do um most most of the time is uh brick and mortar um Mm -hmm. and for our products um it it, it works well online but i i think it, it, it could it could do better even in person, um, offline in the retail stores because you you kind of have to see it to play with it, to touch it, to feel it, to to understand. So a lot of people see it on, um, you know, social media, um, just like a picture. They they don't really know what it is, so they totally figure it out. Um, so so what we did was you know trade shows, right? <laughs> so. I, it was so funny when I first started doing this. I go mean, I I with myself a lot of times because, um, you know, we don't have money <laughs> to hire uh, employees. Um, and I did not know what a trade show was. And I did not know there are still trade shows like out there. Was, to me, it's just like so dinosaur like, oh, do you go to a market and you buy there? Um, but the first time I went there, I, I was so like, like my mind was wrong Uh, where I like did you New go York now? Okay, uh, New York York, now. yeah,
0: <laughs> okay. So, you you, you go <laughs> yeah. premium right out of the gate. That's a, that's a good
1: show, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm so glad I went to see that one because, it, like you said, there are smaller shows, regional shows, there are national shows, international shows, huge shows. And I want, I happen to, I happen still to go to go to a uh like one of the bigger biggest ones right um and in here and i went to new york now summer show and i was like oh my god like they, did they just put an entire store inside the convention center um and all of the products there were so interesting and so beautiful and i met with other business owners which was super, super helpful, but I was able to talk to other people how they started, just like what we're doing right now, and um, and learn so much about the industry, the wholesale, the distribution, um, the supply chain, this is an entire different industry. Like, then you see, oh, how everything made it to the shelf, like, where, where did everything come from? And then the cost too, what is keystone, what is margin. And I was just like start learning all that by myself. Um and then because we're importing, so there is import, exports, um, all that stuff as well. Um, but I I was interested. I um I, I like I was excited. I, I, I liked um you know, everything was like just really, really interesting to me.
0: How were um, the results? So, How were the buyers? Were they nice I, to you? I, I was <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So they were super nice, and we actually got a couple of our biggest customers there. We met New York MoMA there, and who is still our customer right now? It's been four years. Um, and I, I was just, I was just like, oh my god, like I love MoMA. and <laughs> MoMA is like the coolest museum.
0: For sure. um, in
1: the country and yeah and they are storing of want to sell our bottles wow like i was just like really really flattered and, and honored um and then we met um the Grammys, which was interesting um i haven't heard of them but um but they, you know they, they were like oh wow these are really cool um and we met american eagle outfitters there and they actually um placed an order so it was re- it was a huge success very consistent with the kickstarter campaign like how people react on kickstarter that's how people react as a trade show for us um so i was like oh i need to go to more shows like i need let's stick
0: let's stick there for a second because you brought up something interesting and i don't know if i ever hear anyone else talk about it you mentioned new york moma and you mentioned american eagle american eagle is a brand they have retail stores talk about the differences between working with a retailer that's in the business of sourcing product and talk Mm -hmm. about a brand that's really in the business of selling its own product but they can always Mm -hmm. find complementary product to go along or cross-sell or upsell Mm -hmm. their customer maybe talk about like if there was any difference in the sales process the fulfillment process that kind of thing Mm -hmm.
1: yeah um well um i think it it really uh depends on the buyers a lot of the time too and what departments are they're, they're buying for uh, could be very very different um for new york for for museums and you know more upscale independent uh stores uh, uh like uh, you know new york moma they're their buyers in there for maybe like forever, right? They, they, they you know, once you work for museums, you're there like for, for entire life. And they have very specific uh, merchandising. They have very specific things they look for. They often stick with um, whoever they work for. They don't really switch around. They, they're, they rare, they, you know, they like to try new things, but the new things is probably 10% of their, their buying. So, um, unless they really, really like something that's new, they won't, um, you know, they, they won't wanna try it. So I guess that we really caught buyers' attention and uh, because of the, design, all their things are design-focused, right, if there's no design, it's not interesting, it's not special, it's not gonna get to museums just because people are looking for special things. Um, so I guess it really caught their attention and they, they love, you know, they, 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 uh, they really love the design. Uh, and also our mission, um, because museums—they are mission-driven as well most of the time. So they're nonprofit themselves. Um, so they want to support businesses that have a mission behind it. Either it's fair trade or eco-friendly or something. So that that that's also something they, they consider. Um, I, I for New York moment, like you just have to make really beautiful things and uh, really really nice and visually appealing. Um, and get lucky, really, <laughs> cause you, you don't know which aisle they walk down. Um, but um, for for American eagle, though, um, I remember that the buyer for two really young ladies. they're really young young girls. It's probably in their early 20s, um because that's kind of the brand. the brand is for you know young 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 females, right? the teenagers or college girls. so. Um, they see this differently. They think it's interesting. They think it's, you know, it looks pretty cool. Um, and they were buying for a So it's not really their main buying thing, but it's kind of just a novelty uh, thing that they just try funny things and impossible buy. Kind of thing. Um, but the things in common about these different buyers are like, the bigger the company is, um the longer it's gonna take for you to, to get in anywhere. Like for for MoMA I wanna say six six to ten months uh from me meeting the buyer to shipping out the, the first deal. Um I think yeah similar to American Eagle. you know it just takes a long time. Uh so you have to be, you know, consistent and you have to follow up and um Sometimes even uh, sometimes even if people seem uh, not interested or they don't you know silence doesn't mean they they are they not say interested your email. anymore they, they <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um but I I think the experience working with both um companies are um, positive uh, especially MoMA you know we're still we we don't American Eagle was more kind of like a temp temporary one time thing because they like to sure. switch around. Uh, but MOMA is becoming long term, um, and we actually sell other Mo- in other MOMAs to so the MOMA in Hong Kong, the MOMA in San Francisco, because um, they're like kind of like a franchise. So,
0: how many like yeah. retail doors are you in approximately, and like how and many right retail now, doors do you think like what's what's going to happen with COVID with the retail thing?
1: Right now, well before the COVID thing, we were in about fifteen hundred doors. Yep. Um And <coughs> our goal originally for this this year is to get to more, you know, three thousand uh, and more uh, stores. If we want to be uh, stretch, you know, uh, ambitious, we we can even try it like five thousand. But now with COVID, um, there's no shows that I know <laughs> that's gonna happen until August or even October uh, or even next year. So we need to figure out other ways. Um, but You know, I think a lot of people are turning online. Um, I think for us, the the goal is to support our existing customers. You know, we want to make sure, you know, our 1,500 doors, we we can help them as much as we can. We talk to them. We make sure we want to know what people, you know, how people are doing, what people are doing. We want to know. We want them to know that we're here. Um, And then, uh, you know, getting, trying to get more customers. Um, But I think. My existing customers will always be my priority. Um, I, I, you know, I it's okay if I don't get as many new accounts or uh, getting to more stores, but at least I have a base um, and I want to, you know, keep their relationship um, with them.
0: I like that. Well, yeah. I, I think we covered a, a lot. Um, what am uh-huh. I missing out? What, what, what have I not covered that maybe you might want to want to touch on?
1: Um, I guess, um, just talking to you know when I talk to people that um either want to start their business or working on their ideas, because I've over the course, you know, over the course of the past four years, I've met many entrepreneurs, uh, and business, you know, owners. Um, and you, you would talk to them and you 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 know then you you would instant uh relate to them because you know a lot of things that like they feel that you know just uh you understand uh, so, so much easier. Um, but um, I think many people said it before too, but I, I you know, I wanna say it personally too is, uh, even though it seems like I started a business um, and it seems to be, you know, it's going well, and it, it, it seems to be successful. We now have, you know, 10 employees now. We have our own warehouse and office. But it, it was, you know, it wasn't easy. It didn't just happen. Um, and I want to say we got lucky too, like the whole Kickstarter thing. It was still, you know, pretty unreal. Like it just, it just doesn't happen every day. Um, you can't really, uh you can't really assume that you will launch something on Kickstarter and it will just become, it will just blow up and become, you know, the headline the next day. Like it, it just doesn't like, it happens but it just doesn't happen all the time and you can't really think that, you know, uh, that you would uh, be able to do that. So, and another thing is what keeps us going on instead of, you know, a lot of people, you know, as they go on and they would, you know, lose their interest and they would forget what they started, how they, why they wanted to do this in the first place. They were just trying to keep the business running, especially now, right? now people are out of money, they're looking for help, they're looking for, but, um, so they, you know, it becomes a burden, so at that point, there's, you know, there's no point to really uh, hold hold on to anything anymore, because it's not what you wanted to do originally, Um, so we try to be, you know, better at it, Um, always remember uh, why I started, what I like, um, how you feel about your product, because if you don't, love your product, you know you can't really expect other people to love it uh, especially at trade shows um when you talk to people about your product, you, you want you want to show people how you feel about it um instead of just you know trying to sell or uh, you know and, and and trying to make it work so for us too right now um it's just it's a really difficult time our you know sales is down uh, especially wholesale, like, it's probably down by 90% because all the stores are, are closed. Um, it's scary, but um, it doesn't, you know, as, as the founder, as the owners of the, the business, we can't really, uh, we, we need to try to stay positive. When we want to just think over, we want to think, okay, what's after? Like, this thing is temporary. Like, I truly believe, like, even though it seems to be the end of the world, it will pass. It, it, it's going to pass. So we need to think, oh, how, what we're going to do after. Um, that's why I talk about the relationships with our customers, but also our supplies too. We are still talking to our manufacturer's channel. We still have POs uh, with them in the production. We, you know, we want to we be ready when things are back on. Um, and so uh, a lot of these things, um, I think people just sometimes need to, uh, you know, take a step back. Take a moment and think about everything. Uh, why? What? What? You know? What are you trying to like? Why are you doing all these? Uh, if you go to work, um, you talk to employees. Do you, you know? Or, you know? Are you? Are you really doing what you truly believe in?
0: I couldn't have found a better way to close. That's that's a a great closing, Gene. Where can everyone <laughs> follow you and where can they connect with you?
1: Uh, for me, personally, or... <laughs> uh, or you or your like, business,
0: either one, whatever you, um, you want to plug.
1: Uh, I, I'm really, like, not, like, you know, I'm not Elon Musk or Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> <use it> or, <laughs> or Instagram. Uh, but, uh, yeah, our company, you know, our company is com, and on there, you can find... We have a press a media uh, contact. It's just press at... Qbottle.com, um, or if you have general questions, you just email hi at Qbottle.com. Uh, for me, you can reach me at partnerships at Qbottle.com because I handle the brick and mortar partnerships and wholesale. So if you have questions about uh, the product, the pricing, wholesale, and distribution, feel free to email me. And yeah. And, um, and our Instagram is cubato. Um So just uh, at Qbottle.
0: Thank you so much for doing it. And we wrapped up in under 40 minutes. (laughs) So, Uh um...